Welcome to the Boundless Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 14. I am your host, Jacques, and joining me as usual is my co-host, Mike. Uh, Mike, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. I'm happy to be here again for the 14th time. <laughs> I can't believe we've done 14 of these already. It's nuts. It, it is crazy. Um, and we do have a lot on the docket today, so I'm just going to go ahead and get through the social media stuff, and then we'll jump right into it. So yeah, go visit us on social media at Boundless Gamers. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also follow us on your favorite streaming platform. Spotify seems to be the most popular one, but you know, we're on a bunch of them. So go follow us, go rate us, do all that shit. And now let's move on to the show, Mike. So recently I picked up the new Xbox wireless headset. Oh, I'm going to give us a little mini review at the end of this story, but first I want to tell you the sequence of events that led me to get this thing. Yeah, it was a series of unfortunate events. <laughs> it was a crazy day. So I started out the day not knowing that I was going to get the Xbox headset. I woke up and did my usual routine, had my breakfast, all that. And so I went to Tim Hortons like I do every morning to get my coffee. That was normal. And then I got back and I decided, you know what? I think I'm going to get a headset because my other Xbox headset is shit. And it was coming up on the, the weekend that we were going to play the Back for Blood beta, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but yeah, so I was like, you know, I can't have this shit headset for that. So there, there's a lot of communication there and stuff. So, so I was like, all right, I'm going to finally take the plunge and buy this, this new Xbox wireless headset because as me and you discussed, we're all wireless now, like fuck wires. So I decided to like look around, um, online and see if any places had it. So I called GameStop. They did not have it. So then I called my best no, I didn't. Yeah, no, I did call my Best Buy. And I got some recording where they said, oh, like, we're not taking calls right now. So but some of one of our nationwide people can help you or so I was like, no, no, fuck that. So I did look up online and it said they had it in stock. But you know, you can never trust those things. So I set out to go drive to the Best Buy. And it's, it's like about eight miles away from my house. It's not bad. But Keep in mind, this was during rush hour traffic, so all the times oh, are no. going to be doubled. So yeah, I do that, so I drive to Best Buy, I get there, I get inside, I go back to the electronics, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, I see the stealth headsets, the turtle beaches, all that, and then I finally spot it, Mike. There's one Xbox wireless headset left just laying there, and I was like, oh my god, it's my lucky day. So I so I pick it up and I walk over to the cashier and I take out my wallet and I'm like, oh shit, where's my debit card? Yeah, that's not good. Panic starts setting in. <laughs> so I tell the cashier, I'm like, ha, ah, here's here's the thing. I think I left my debit card in my car. So like set this headset aside and I'm going to go to my car and I'm going to go get it and come back. And he's like, okay, cool. So I go out to my car. I'm like, oh my God, this thing better be in my car. So I'm looking all over my car, under the seat, between the seats, everything. No debit card. So I'm like, shit, I bet you 
I left it at the Tim Hortons. Ooh, shit. Get in that car. Hit the gas. <laughs> There's this kid who was working there today. He's only been there a few weeks, so he's kind of like a deer in the headlights. So that that kind of like worries me sometimes. You know, they forget to give you back your card uh, and things like that. Sometimes they, they don't even give you your whole order. So it's like, yeah, you really got to pay attention. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I call my dad for my car. It's Friday night, so Friday nights is usually our pizza night. And this particular night, I decided I wanted to roast some garlic cloves and just put those on the bacon and mushroom pizza that I get. So before I had left to Best Buy, I had some garlic cloves in the oven. You know, you just drizzle a little olive oil on them, and it's, it's pretty good. Roast them for about an hour. Oh, yeah. Tastes great. So, yeah, I put those in before I left, and I just told my dad, you know, if I'm not back within, you know, an hour or whatever, just just take them out of the oven. So I'm on the phone with him, and uh, I'm like, yeah, uh, so I think I left my debit card at the Tim Hortons. So would you mind calling them and asking if they have my card and call me right back? So, yeah, I hang up. A few minutes later, my dad calls me back. He's like, yeah, they do have your card. So I'm like, at least that was some relief. So I was like, yeah, he just told me to bring my ID, obviously, to prove that it's me. And so I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to have to drive all the way back to Timmy's. Jesus. That's like two miles from my house, so it's not too far. But first, I'm like, shit, well, what am I going to do about this headset? So I went back into the Best Buy, and I told them the situation. I was like, look, can you guys hold this for me? I'll be back in like an hour or two. And they said, okay, yeah, sure, no problem. So I was like, sweet. Went back to my car. Drove to the Timmy's, and when I was in the parking lot, I noticed that kid who didn't give me back my debit card was taking the trash out. Uh, I think he noticed me, but I was like, I didn't look at him or say anything. So I just went in. Luckily, nobody was at the Timmy's. It was empty. So I just showed him my ID, got my debit card back, went out to my car. I'm sitting in my car, and then I look over, and the kid like waves to me, and I'm just thinking, you little shit. (laughs) you know what I've had to go through because you didn't give me my card back? And look, okay. I just heard somebody go flying by your house. (laughs) That's why I stopped talking. (laughs) So, yeah, I was like, you little shit. You know, I because of you, I had to go through all this unnecessary driving and rush hour. But then I was thinking, okay, look, I'll take some onus because I didn't notice either. But it's mainly his fault because it's his job. I gave him the card. It's his bare minimum job to give me back my debit card. Uh, So I got that. And then I'm like, okay, well, you know, I called my dad from the parking lot and said, just order the pizza now because this is around dinner time. Like, I'm already late for dinner because of all this horse shit. So I I get home. Uh, A few minutes after that, my dad comes home with a pizza. I just, like, power eat the pizza. Just, like, three slices just to get the fuck out of there. So... Get back in my car, head up to Best Buy, and I get in there, and they still had the headset, thankfully. So I, I get the headset, pay for it, um, and the guy's like, do you want a bag with that? Now, normally I'm like, no, I, I don't need a bag. I can just carry this. But since it's pretty crowded in there, and I'm by myself, and that's a hot item, I was like, yeah, maybe put it in the bag just so people can't see what I have. So he proceeds to pull out a transparent bag (laughs) oh jesus you can see right through it and i'm just sitting there like oh well this is fucking pointless now 
You might as well just stuff it down your pants or something at that point. Yeah, I was like, I was trying to care about the environment, but this is bullshit now. This is pointless. So anyway, he seals it up. I'm like, thank you. And I just take it out to my car. And I'm like, okay, finally my nightmare's over. So I'm, I'm like driving home. And um, oddly enough, I pass a wedding chapel. And there's this old woman walking outside by herself wearing like a... Raiden hat from Mortal Kombat. I'm like, what? I'm like, this is a weird day. <laughs> yeah, so I finally get back home and get it all, you know, everything's good, no more issues. And I'm, you know, ready to set it up and try it. But of course, I have to charge it for a few hours first before I can use it. Yeah, you always have to do that. So we were, you know, we played some Back for Blood that night. After we were done playing, you know, my, my headset was done charging, so I'm, like, trying to figure out how do I pair this thing with my Xbox. So I'm, like, sitting there, and, you know, it's just, I'm thinking, it's just like controllers, you know, you just hold the pair button on the Xbox and hold the pair button on the, the headset. So I keep doing that over and over in different ways, and none of it's working. And I just keep hearing, like, this this beeping sound on my Xbox every time. And I'm like, what the fuck is going How do you pair this thing? This should not be this hard. Because I don't pair things a lot, because, you know, I, you only really do it when you get a controller or something. Did you read the instructions that come inside the box? Or did you just caveman that? First, I did caveman it, because I thought, oh, dude, I, I know how to do this. <laughs> Pro gamer over here. But, uh, so, yeah, I pulled out the instructions, which are fucking terrible. They're so simple and, like, just useless. So, there's not even, like, really directions. It's just pictures, like, cave paintings, like, here... This button, do this. Make sure you put it on your head the correct way. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, I had to go to Google. Good old Google. So, I read how to do it, and I'm like, okay, I, I'm doing it. I'm doing it exactly how it says it. And then I'm like, wait a minute. It dawns on me. I was like, why is the Xbox making, like, this beep sound when I hold the pair button? What was happening, Mike, is I was holding the eject disc button, Oh, dude, it's the little tiny button on the bottom what, the right corner or something. Yeah. Yes, it's on the little black strip on my Xbox One S on the bottom. Yeah. So I, I realized that because I have no disc in the Xbox because I, I no longer use physical media. Everything's digital. So I was like, oh, you fucking idiot. You're hitting the eject button. So I finally hold the pair button and then it, it syncs up like right away. I'm like, oh, finally, for fuck's sake, the nightmare is over. I was like, please, nothing else go wrong today. And then you put it on, and the headset was dead. It was broken. No, that would that would have been great. No, not for you. I mean, I know that would have sucked for you, but that would have been great for the story. Yeah, that would have been a perfect way to cap off the night. So yeah. Anyway, so that that's that's my story. Um. So so now I can actually get into like the little review of the headset, and if you have any questions or anything, just jump in. Yeah. Well, I'm curious how it feels on your ears. Is is it tight? Is it a nice, uh, comfortable, loose feeling? What's going on with that? It's uh, is actually one of the most comfortable sets headsets I've ever had. Nice. And I, I know you are very interested in this headset, so mm -hmm. I think you are going to like this a lot. the The cups are more circular because I know my Hyper X headset that I'm wearing right now, the the cups are more oval shaped. So it really depends like how your ears are shaped, you know, what you prefer. But but the the cushion, the padding is super soft, uh, really comfortable. It's not too tight on your head, so it's not squeezing your head. Uh, of course, once you get over the break-in period, it's it's going to take a little bit of breaking in. But yeah, it's it's pretty pretty good, not too tight. 
Um, the, the sound is great. I have no complaints there. Everybody sounds good. Um, I, you can tell me, like, how did I sound coming through? It's hard to tell because the Xbox Live party chats kind of suck in general. So the only way we're really going to find out is if we, like, jump into Discord with that headset. Then I'm really going to know how clear your voice is. Yeah, true. Because I, I think no matter what headset you use in the Xbox Live party chats, you kind of sound weird no matter what. It's, something's off about it. Yeah. It's not as good as the PlayStation parties. Yeah, we'll have to jump into Discord sometime and test it out. There's like a, uh, I don't know what they call it, but there's like a, a multi-channel um, function on there where you can, say, listen to like a podcast at the same time as you're listening to game audio and party audio right. and all that. I did not test that because, to be honest, I'll probably never use that because I just, I only listen to one thing at a time. And if I'm listening to a podcast, I just use my Apple AirPods, so... But I, I do think that's super cool that it's on there because, like you said, Xbox parties kind of suck. So if for whatever reason we ever wanted to just jump in a Discord party instead and use that, and then I could still hear the game chat through the other channel. I really do think that's what we're going to do <laughs> because the Xbox Live parties, are just, I can't, like, I just can't handle them. They're so bad. If the Discord chat quality sounds amazing and we can still sync up uh, the game volume into the headset with the whole multimedia thing. I think that's probably the route we're going to take. We'll definitely have to try that. Now, there are other features I like about this headset. The On the outside of the ear, the cups, there are dials. So the, the, the size of the cups, they're these huge-ass dials. So the right dial controls the volume, it's and it's literally like you just roll it forward, it turns it up, you roll it back, turns it down. And then the left cup dial is the party chat, game chat balance. So like you roll it forward and it's more towards the party, you roll it backwards more towards game chat. So I think that is really, really cool. And it's very, very easy, like while you're actually gaming to just make adjustments. You don't have to like search around for the buttons and stuff, you know, like you're trying to read Braille. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, and it has like a, a mute button too on the left side, like the back of the left cup. And it's so it has like this little white light on the end of the talk piece. So when it's on, that means you are your voice is coming through. And when you hit the mute button, that light turns off and that means you're muted. So it's like a good visual indicator to tell if you're muted or not. Finally, if you download the um, Xbox Accessories app, you can adjust all kinds of settings. You can turn up the bass boost, which is pretty nice. I use that. Um, it's good for listening to music. Uh, there, there's also different settings too, almost like a TV. There's like a setting for game. There's one for cinema, one for music, and it just auto adjusts like all the settings for it. There, there's one where you can dim that light I was talking about on the the talk piece because it is pretty bright by default, and I thought it was kind of annoying. So similar to the PS4 controllers with the light bar, you can just dim it a little bit. And then uh, the mic also has like this auto mute feature, which when you're not talking, just automatically mutes the mic. Uh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, yeah, I can't really think of anything else to say. It's just overall, it's a really good quality headset for a hundred bucks. I think it's probably got to be best in class or up near the top for that price point. 
and you know, I was contemplating getting maybe like another headset, like a Turtle Beach Stealth or something. But those are like you know in the hundred and fifty plus range, and I really didn't want to spend that much. So I think yeah, that's a little too much. I think if you're going for like a mid tier headset, this is probably the best bang for your buck, at least on Xbox. So yeah, I highly recommend this, Mike. Yeah, I plan on picking it up around Black Friday. Just saving some funds right now. I, I mean, I just bought a Series X and some other shit, so that's going to have to wait a little bit. Yeah, I'm saving for a Series X myself, so no more uh, purchases for a while. But yeah, Mike, so I know you had a story of your own you wanted to tell about your dentist visit. Yeah, so I, I went to the dentist this morning, and um, right before I went, you know, I, I threw on my Sacred Symbol shirt that you sent me, Jacques. That was like the first shirt I grabbed in my closet. I'm just like, all right, just put this on. Yeah, it's a cool shirt. Yeah, great shirt. And also great podcast. Go check it out. While I was waiting in the uh, parking lot, because, you know, they tell you to wait outside. They'll let you know when to come in because of all the COVID procedures and stuff that they're doing. While I was waiting, I was reading the reviews and the reviews were so good, like highly rated. There was a lot of guys writing in reviews saying, man, this is the... The, the best experience I've ever had. I love the staff. The people there are amazing. And and people kept like mentioning over and over like, oh, the staff, the, the staff and the staff and the staff. I'm just like, wow, they're really that good? I mean, there's a lot of guys leaving reviews. And there were guy names like leaving the reviews. I'm like, oh, okay. Can't wait to experience this. So eventually they, they called me in and I was like, all right. So I, I go in and I noticed something like immediately. I was like, okay, I think I know why guys are leaving glowing reviews. Everybody in this dentist is like drop dead gorgeous. <laughs> There's not one single guy in this dentist. It's all it seems like it's all run by a woman, which is fine. It's awesome. I swear they do that shit on purpose because when I go to the dermatologist, it's like nothing but hot chicks there. Yeah, I, I was like, okay, maybe it's just the front staff there. I was like, maybe it's just the receptionist. But no, even the main dentist, everybody was just like nine out of ten. I was like, okay, I could see why a lot of guys are leaving positive reviews. But I'm like, I don't give a shit about that at the end of the day. I care about how they do their jobs and stuff. Like, I could care less, you know, about that. But I'm happy to report that the people working there are just phenomenal at their jobs. Some of the best I've seen. And they're very thorough. They they took care of me well. And uh, by the way, I have six cavities. <laughs> I have to get three fillings done in two weeks. And then the week after that, I got to do another three. But I told them, like, I've only had one cavity before this my entire life, and they were kind of shocked by that. Now, I haven't been to a dentist in, like, seven, eight years. I know I'm bad. I'm terrible. Don't do what I did. Don't wait that long. Go every six months. But I was just dealing with a lot of uh, health issues. I was busy with neurologists and a bunch of other places. I just completely forgot about going to the dentist. I just pushed it off and pushed it off. And I was supposed to go, like, a year and a half ago, but COVID happened, and that kind of derailed all that. So, uh, yeah, they, they were shocked, though, that I only had six because they, they said people who usually wait that long, their entire mouth is like Chernobyl. Yeah, that's true. Have you ever gotten a cavity filled before? Yeah, once. It's painless. Like, it's not a big deal, but it's just time consuming. Takes 20 minutes for each uh, tooth. That's why three at a time, which I think that's their max they do is three at a time. That's going to be like an hour. Yeah, so when I went in there and, you know, they did everything, one of them noticed my shirt and like, oh, yeah, PlayStation. It's like, yeah, it's cool. I didn't go into, like, sacred symbols or any of that. I'm sorry, Colin. I didn't 
advertise your podcast or anything like that. But no, we talked about like Horizon, New Horizon and shit like that. I was just blown away by how efficient they were. Like they weren't screwing around. They weren't like goofing off or anything like that. They were really taking their jobs super seriously. So I appreciate that. That's good. You know, you don't want a bunch of hot people fucking up your mouth. (laughs) Well, depends on what situation you're in. You might want a bunch of hot people fucking up your mouth. I don't know, but. At first, I was like, is is this place something else? Like, maybe there's like a back room or something. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, that that's about it. I'm pretty sure I'll be fine in my next recordings. Well, two recordings from now, because both of my appointments is going to be on a Tuesday, and that's usually when we record. But it's just fillings. It's not a big deal. It's not like I'm getting root canals or something. If I had to get like a root canal procedure, then I, I'd probably be like, I, I'm going to take this week off, get somebody else shot. So it should be okay. It's kind of funny you went to the dentist because I have a dentist appointment tomorrow. It's just pure coincidence that we both had appointments around the same time. Yeah, no, we planned it out just for the podcast. Like you go on Wednesday and I'll go on Tuesday. There yeah, go. we're like, we're going to talk about this on the podcast because people just really, really probably care about this. So I was not going to bring this up, but after you know seeing what I told you and then you know having a little playstation conversation about horizon stuff i was like all right i'll I'll bring it in the podcast why not mike let's make a game out of it let's see because it's been probably about i usually go to the dentist every six months but due to covid it's probably been a couple years since i've been so let's have a game and see if i can beat your cavity record (laughs) i don't think you're gonna get six no i'm gonna say you're gonna get about three cavities okay that's fair well yeah we'll do over under over under three that's a fair guess i'm gonna say four aiming high okay maybe you'll get eight so if if whoever wins like we should uh put something on the line i will get you another game in the ubisoft sale yeah that sounds fair and uh fuck it i'll, I'll just get you one too uh there you go yeah because mike, mike just bought me uh splinter cell chaos theory in the ubisoft sale so Yep, it's going on my backlog, which we will talk about later. (laughs) But anyway, enough about dentists, because I don't enjoy going to them and don't really care about talking about them either. So, but I do appreciate the the work that they do. No, no offense to Uh dentists out there. You uh, you do the Lord's work. So yeah, uh, you remember last week, Mike, when you we were talking about aliens, Fire Team Elite, and you're you're pondering like why they changed the name. They they add, it was originally Fire Team or it was originally Aliens Fire Team, and they added the Elite like about a month or so ago. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna you know message Cold Iron Studios, the devs who make it, and ask them why that's the case. So yeah, I I tweeted Cold Iron Studios, and I said. Greetings, Cold Iron Studios. I have a genuine question you may or may not be able to answer, but I figured I would ask anyway. I am curious why the title for Aliens Fireteam Elite was changed to Add Elite. Thanks for your time, and good luck on your launch. We look forward to playing. Uh, yeah, so they never got back to me. I was hoping you were going to say, yeah, they did reply back, and you were just hiding it from me. No, unfortunately. I figured they probably wouldn't get back to me, but, uh, you know, I tried. So I guess it'll just have to remain a mystery for now, Mike. Um, And also, speaking of Twitter, Shuhei Yoshida, uh, I follow him on there. He is the uh, former president of what was then known as Sony Interactive Entertainment Worldwide Studios, but they changed it to 
PlayStation Studios, obviously, because that name is way too fucking long. Yeah, that's crazy. Now he heads up Sony's indie division. So he made a tweet about this upcoming indie game, Fist. Uh, it's like an acronym, F-I-S-T. Uh, I honestly can't, can never remember the full name. But anyway, it's sort of like a Metroidvania-type game uh, made by a Chinese developer. It looks real cool. It was shown off in the last state of play, so go check that out. So anyway, I uh, replied to him and said, hey, it's, I'm really looking forward to this game. It was my favorite game from the state of play. And uh, he actually liked my tweet and replied to me and said thank you. So I'm pretty much like a celebrity now, Mike. Yeah, we made it. Yeah. That, that's it. We're just going to keep going up from there. <laughs> so there's an update for Hellblade for the Series X and S. And it's like it got enhancements like 4K, ray tracing, up to 120 hertz. Mm. And it's finally, Mike, you'll like this. It finally has a chapter select so you can make it easier to get the, the thousand gamer score. And uh, you notice I don't say trophies because this update's not coming to PlayStation. That's fine. I already got the Platinum. Ninja Theory is now owned by Microsoft, who made that game. And they don't have to do the update for PlayStation. They're they're not obligated. But I still think that kind of sucks since Hellblade first started on PlayStation. And the fact that they're not getting this next-gen update kind of sucks. I think they should still do it because they still update Minecraft on the PlayStation. So if, if the game already exists on another platform, they should still support it. I, I agree, man. Especially since, like I said, it started out on PlayStation. It was not on Xbox originally until Microsoft bought Ninja Theory. Anyway, uh, one more little tidbit, Mike, before we move on to what we're playing. And I don't know if you heard about this, but so, you know, we play Zombie Army 4, right? We really like the mm -hmm. game. So there's an update that I believe is already live on it, and they're adding Left 4 Dead 2 skins. <gasps> we could have Ellis and Zoe running around? Yep, oh, sure can. Nice. So you got, you're going to get, you got Coach, you got Rochelle, you got Ellis, and you got, oh fuck, who is the fourth guy in the suit? Nick. Yep, you're right. So now you got the four original character skins, and now you've got the Left 4 Dead 2 skins. So, yeah, we'll definitely... We've we got one more campaign to finish on there. That's right. So I think we're definitely going to be doing that with the new skins. It would have been so cool if they added the voices. I know they can't do it, but, man, that would have been the icing on the cake. Yeah, at that point, you're just making another Left 4 Dead, like a crossover between the first, the first one and the second one, which I'm not opposed to. Could you imagine the lines coming from Ellis, though, if he's talking about, like, how do we get here, man? Oh, wow, look, at look, there's some Nazi zombies. Hey, is that Hitler, man? Holy shit, let's go kill him. That would be hilarious. So, yeah, speaking of Left 4 Dead, we played the Back 4 Blood beta. <laughs> are we officially in the What We're Playing section? Now? We are in the What We're Playing now. That was my segue. And... The reason why it's a segue is because, for those who don't know, Back for Blood is developed by Turtle Rock, who also made Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead 2. And um, Back for Blood is pretty much like a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead. It's basically Left 4 Dead 3. For the most part, yes, it is Left 4 Dead 3. So, Mike, uh, what did you think of the beta? Love the campaigns. I think they're a lot better than the Left 4 Dead campaigns. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I have to agree. 
well, there's only one campaign in the beta. I, sh- I should have said that from the top. But you get a lot of levels in that one campaign. Yeah, I'm just blown away by it. I think it plays fantastic on my Xbox Series X. The frame, the 60 frames per second is amazing. Uh, the game looks pretty good for the most part. I mean, it's not mind-blowing, but for what it's trying to do, it looks good. One thing I, I really like and appreciate, uh, and it's just a little tiny thing they added when you're mowing down a lot of zombies, a lot of the blood starts to pile up on the guns. Like, the gun will be drenched. I noticed that. That's very cool. Now, as for the versus mode, not liking it. No. It's not Left 4 Dead, and the mode that they have in there, it just feels very boring and generic. That's the one thing I'm disappointed about with this game, is that they didn't immediately give us the typical Left 4 Dead versus, you know, from the Left 4 Dead franchise. And that's what made Left 4 Dead huge, is the multiplayer. And that campaign versus mode is not there hopefully they're going to introduce it later down the line because if they don't that's going to be a problem but i but i do want to give this new versus mode a try because it does sound kind of cool that the premise it is weird because like the maps are very small so i'm not sure how I'll like that but it's it's almost like they so it's like the they're calling them the ridden which was the infected in Left 4 Dead, but they're just called the Ridden, um, versus the humans. And it's almost they add some of the um, like Battle Royale uh, closing circle mechanic to it, yeah. where mm-hmm. as time goes on, um, the circle closes, closes, and it kind of confines the humans, the, which they're called the cleaners, into a small space, and you just have to hold out as long as you can. So, like, the more it closes, the the less... There's, like, this swarm, I guess, that will damage you quickly and kill you if you go outside the circle. So, you pretty much, like, you have the whole open area to get all your guns and equipment right off the bat, and the longer it goes on and closes, you, you can't get that stuff. So, you really have to be wise about where, what you get. As far as, like, the, the campaign, though, going back to that, I had a lot of fun. These campaigns are definitely longer than the Left 4 Dead ones, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. I think the Left 4 Dead ones, it was like five chapters, right, per campaign? And they were pretty short, each one. This was like, what, eight chapters? Yes, eight chapters, that's right. Now, I don't know if they've said how many campaigns will be there at launch. I think Left 4 Dead was like, what, like four or five? Well, I played it not that long ago, but I didn't go through all the campaigns and look how many were there. I, I just joined a random match, so I don't remember how many are in the first game. Yeah, I would expect at least five, though, at launch, which is which is good enough. Of course, they'll add more with DLC. So the, the gunplay is really good. It's solid. Mm-hmm. So th- this this game is pretty much like an evolution of Left 4 Dead. It's, like I yep. said, it's basically Left 4 Dead 3. It's just, it's kind of better than Left 4 Dead in every way because it's more modernized. It's mechanically better. Yeah, so it's almost like... And I was kind of laughing at myself because I never thought of it this way before, but it's kind of a little bit like a roguelike because you, you have runs and then you can upgrade. I really like their upgrade system because you can upgrade throughout the levels. It's not just picking up guns as you go. It is that, but you can also, at each safe room, you can buy things. You can purchase like attachments. And it's random every time. Yeah, it's random because you collect um, copper, which is the currency throughout the levels. And then you can spend them at safe rooms and you you can uh, purchase like, you know, throwables like Molotovs, grenades, health packs, pills, health, ammo, just anything you pills can think here. of. Yeah, pills here. 
yeah, it's really cool, the attachments. I really like those because those are persistent on your gun throughout the campaign unless you drop that gun for another one. And, and those are really helpful. They, there's like a wide array of like scopes, stocks, laser sights, you know, whatever you can think of. They also have this like hub world that you spawn into in the beginning where you can invite your friends and you can walk around and do a few things. They have this really cool firing range. And it has like all of the guns laid out on like tables and everything. You got a bunch of targets you could shoot at. You could even uh, fight each other in this little area if you want. But yeah, it's a great way to actually experiment with all the weapons. And I mean, everything is there. Like all the attachments are on the walls. Like every kind of combination you can think of in the game, you, you'll be able to do in the firing range. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's really fun. We were killing each other. Let's <laughs> just fucking around in the firing range. So, uh, and I, I just want to note too real quick that, uh, I, I encountered this glitch while I was on the firing range where it, it like objects in the distance were stretching out. I'm not, I'm not sure what you call it. It might be screen tearing. I'm not sure, but yeah. I they, call it the Slender Man glitch. Yeah. It was basically like, yeah, Slender Man or like uh stretch Armstrong or whatever, like clouds and buildings and shit were just like fucking stretching out like crazy. So anyway, it's minor. It doesn't really affect anything. So, yeah, they also, they still have crescendo events, like, every so often where, you know, you have to hit something and it triggers, like, zombie hordes coming in and you have to hold out. Now, me <laughs> me and Mike were playing with some randoms for a few games and there was these two randoms who kept triggering the crescendo before we set up twice in a row and immediately fucked us. Uh, you really, really need to be on the same page and use teamwork in this. When the final game comes out, I highly suggest you have a group of friends that you play with regularly. Don't go with randoms. And you only have, I think, like three in caps or three, no, three continues. So if you die, like you all die. Does it depend on difficulty, though? Do they take away it might, some continues yeah. if you're playing on normal? Yeah. Or? There was like the first difficulty, which I forget what it's called, but that one Veteran? is... No, that's the second one. It's very, it's very easy. Like on the the regular difficulty, like you can too easy. Yeah, it's too easy. You can just go through it, no problem. Now it gets a lot harder in the veteran difficulty, which is what we were playing on with a couple friends. Um, you do not want to trigger the hordes in this. Like if you hit a car alarm or there's like these groups of birds, like crows, scattered throughout the levels. If you you disrupt them, it will trigger hordes. And friendly fire is activated on veteran difficulty. I think it's 35% damage. And it's off on the lowest difficulty by default. But yes, on veteran and higher, which the highest difficulty is nightmare. We did not try that. We definitely will eventually when it comes out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, man, it's the, the levels are yeah way more detailed than Left 4 Dead. Um, so cool. There's this one part where you're on a ferry. Oh my god, the amount of zombies and special ridden that are coming after you in close quarters is insane. And a lot of the special infected that are in this game, they're very similar to the Left 4 Dead ones. Little minor tweaks here and there. Um, what, what is the tall guy with the long arm? What's his name? I think the tall boy. I call him the grabber because he just grabs you with his long arm. Yeah, he's got like this giant fucking like hellboy arm on one side. A lot of these ridden serve similar functions, like Mike was saying, yeah. from the left of Red Dead Infected. So the tall boy is like the charger, basically. Um, there's this thing called the Exploder, I think, who is basically a boomer. There's this like little 
fucking thing that's like a mix between a hunter and a spitter. You can like jump around and also spit at you. So yeah, they're they're pretty cool. It's like a nice little mashup of uh, previous ones that you're used to. I still use the Left 4 Dead names, though. I'd be like, oh, Boomer. There's the Hunter. I also call it the Spitter, though. <laughs> so it's, it gets confusing in my brain. Yeah, we were totally just calling them by their Left 4 Dead names. But uh, I'll get used to the new names. And, I mean, you can make up some, some cool names of your own based on their appearance, too. Yeah, I think I was calling the, the Boomer, the Exploder. I think I was calling him the, the like, Sploder or Spoder Man, Spoods. Or whatever, just have fun with it. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is there anything else you wanted to say about this, Mike? There's a card system in it. Now, there's nothing wrong with the card system. I'm just tired of seeing card systems and shooters. It's just a pet peeve of mine. So don't go by me. But every time I see <laughs> some sort of a card upgrade system, I'm just like... <sighs> now, I'm not talking about the upgrades you do when you open up the crates, when you're playing the actual game, when you're in the, the campaign levels. That's something completely different. That's just adding attachments and stuff to your gun. I'm talking about before you play, you, they give you a bunch of cards and they'll, they'll have like plus 15 health or, or whatever. This makes you heal faster. Over time, you'll build your deck and then you can like can choose which cards you want to use on every chapter. It's just... Yeah, I, I like the idea of building a deck. It's It's interesting. I'm not totally sure how they work yet. I have a feeling they're going to slightly tweak it based off feedback before it launches. Because some of it was obvious how it works. So yeah, you, you can collect cards in the level or you can go to right. the supply line thing in your hub area and like purchase cards with, uh, I think, copper, right? Yeah, you get, or no, you have point. I'm not, I forget what you purchase it with, but you purchase these cards and yeah, they have all kinds of um, uh, traits and things. Uh, so like you could build your guy up to be like a healer or a tank or, and then there's more like, general ones too, like 35% healing efficiency, things like that. So at the start of each chapter, you, you, you already have your, your deck. I think there's like 15 cards you can put in your deck beforehand right. and you can make custom decks almost. So they're basically loadouts. And then before each chapter, you'll get to pick from, you'll get to pick maybe one, two or three. I'm not sure how it's going to be in the final version. You know, they'll give you like a choice out of like five or six of the cards from your deck and you can choose which one you want. And then they also have corruption cards, which as far as I know, it seemed like they just were... They're automatic. It's just random. They'll they'll just randomly throw one at you and everybody experiences that corruption card. It'll be like, oh, there's more crows on the stage. Or yeah, more crows like or adds like fog to the map, which is really cool. It makes it like Silent Hill or yeah, and they're just basically things that kind of make it harder for the cleaners. And it seems like it'll apply one or two or possibly even more, like maybe up to five or six, I don't know, as you go on. So it's an interesting idea. I want to see how it works in the final version. Like I said, I think they'll tweak it. But uh yeah. It's just kind of there for now. And I believe they already said that there is not going to be any microtransaction bullshit applied to this. Well, that's good. And let's not forget, it's coming to Game Pass day one. So if you have a Game Pass, you don't have to buy the game. And I believe the game, let's see, it's coming out... I want to say October 16th. It, you're close. It comes out October 12th. And it's already been delayed once for a while. I don't think it's going to get another delay. It, it seemed like it was pretty polished for the most part for a beta right now. So I, I think they'll hit their date of October 12th. So yeah, look forward to that. 
Uh, Mike, how about you uh, move on to your game? What are you playing other than this? Uh, the only other game I've been playing is Yoshi's Crafted World. Um, I got this from Gamefly recently. I'm almost done with it. I think I'm in the third act now. And I gotta say, the game is really good. It's really fun. It's a 3D side-scrolling, you know, platformer. If you've played the other Yoshi games in the past, you kind of know what you're getting here. And Mike, is it like Yoshi's Island? Yeah. Oh, really? I love those games. Super Mario World 2 Yoshi's Island. People always forget that that's the sequel. Yeah, those games are awesome. Like, I played those with my dad. Um, there was actually two of them, wasn't there? Yeah, I think there was one on the N64 as well. Yeah. Now, one thing I really like about the game is the scenery. It has this, like, really unique paper craft um, design. It's got it's kind of like they got a bunch of kids together, stuck them in a room, and then they gave them a whole bunch of, like, arts and craft stuff, and then they're like, okay, build us something, and uh, we'll take a look at it when you're done. And then they just took what the kids made and put it in the game. Like, it's it's really cool. You'll see, like, cardboard boxes and cutouts and... Like, there's one stage where it's supposed to be lava, but it looks like ketchup or, like, tomato sauce, <laughs> and yeah, it, it's really cool. Like, I really love the design of the game. The, does the lava look better than Aliens Colonial Marines? Oh, yeah, it looks way better than the Aliens Colonial Marines lava you got when the game launched. <laughs> now, they eventually fixed it, but when we first saw that lava on the Xbox 360 version, yeah, it was N64 graphics lava. That was just... Yeah, he's not lying. Go play the Xbox 360 version with no updates and you'll see it. Now, each level in the game has its own gameplay elements. So they're not really recycling like the same shit like over and over and over and over. Every level feels very different and I appreciate that. Now, one cool thing Yoshi can do is, uh, well, he could do this in the other games. He can throw eggs and hit objects. But the cool thing about this one is he can actually throw his eggs at background scenery and stuff that's in front of him. The game's not very challenging, and that's fine. That's actually a major complaint with the game. They think it's way too easy, and they, it's kind of like holding your hand along the way. I'm not that bummed about the difficulty. I think it's fine. You know, people have to understand that these games are designed for kids at the end of the day. It's really not aimed at us. So I'm not saying adults can't play it and they can't enjoy it, but just don't don't expect some really freaking hard game out of it. That's not what you're going to get with this. Yeah, like what are you expecting? Like a, a Mario fucking roguelike? I mean, <laughs> that's not what these games are. They never have been. See, the old Mario fans, they'll say, well, look at Super Mario Brothers uh, 2 and, uh, you know, 3 and the original. Th those are hard games. Yeah, they're a challenge. They're not brutally hard, but they're hard. That's usually the old school gamers talking when you hear people complain about that. Not trying to shit on anybody out there. I'm not trying to shit on Sean either. I have heard him say the same thing. He likes the original because of how hard it is. I mean, that's fine. Come on, people. Don't gatekeep Mario games. Understand that they're geared towards a younger audience and move on with your life and go play fucking Dark Souls. Yeah, go play Ninja Gaiden. Go play the original one on NES if you want something oh really hard. Oh my god, that game is so brutal. I own that game. <laughs> But one more thing I just want to mention is the soundtrack. It's very forgettable. Like, most of the levels just feature, like, the main theme track. But they just remix it and put, like, slightly different sounds in it here and there. And I'm just like, that kind of sucks. It's very lazy. And it's something I don't usually expect from Nintendo. They usually have a lot of different tunes in the levels. Like, it doesn't feel repetitive. But in this game, it does. 
So this is one of those games where you can listen to a podcast and forget about the volume, you know, just turn it all the way down. Now, I do recommend listening to it at first, you know, just to hear the sounds, the jumps, the, you know, the noises and things like that. But after the first eight, nine stages, you can just turn that shit off. But yeah, I don't really have anything else to say about it. I'll give you my final thoughts after I beat the game. But right now, I'm loving it. Very cool. Yeah, it sounds fun. Sounds like something I would like if I had a Switch. But yeah, so the game I've been playing is called Curse of the Dead Gods, which initially, when I heard about it, I thought it was a Dead Cells like add-on. But it's actually not. Hmm. It's like an entirely separate game that has nothing to do with Dead Cells. So it recently came to Game Pass. The game came out in like February, but it came to Game Pass. And on the little cover thing, it says Dead Cells Update. So what it is, is it's just a crossover where they added like Dead Cells weapons and things like that. Now, the game itself is actually pretty fun. So it's basically, it's funny that we've been talking about Hades because... Um, and I want to remind you to download Hades now, because it's out now by the time this podcast is released. Hades is on Xbox Game Pass, PS4, and PS5, finally, but it is on Game Pass, so you can just go download that at no extra cost. Eight gigabytes. I already finished the download uh, this morning. Now, Curse of the Dead Gods is basically just like Hades, from what I understand. Now, I have not played Hades, but from everything I've seen, this game is pretty much set up like Hades. So I didn't want to play too much because I want to play Hades and I don't want to get too much of that type of game, that, that roguelike genre. But yeah, if, if uh, you know you know anything about Hades, it's just kind of like an isometric, top-down um, roguelike with a unique art style. Uh, you just go through runs and you know c- collect upgrades and um, choose your path. And the combat's okay. Like, it's nothing crazy. I see the thing is is I'm not very good at the combat in these games. So I'm like always dying. Now I did beat the first <laughs> first boss on my first run, but it wasn't ridiculously difficult. I have not beat the second boss. There there's like three bosses, I think. And there's probably more after that, knowing these roguelites, there's probably more hidden stuff. But you know, you have a lot of persistent upgrades and stuff throughout and not really much to say. It's 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 a roguelike. It's pretty standard fare, but I thought it was fun for what it was. It's, it's something I don't know how much I'll go back to, especially with Hades coming out, but definitely you could have fun with it for a little bit. I, I at least recommend checking it out if you are a fan of roguelikes. And uh, I did want to real quick, before we move on to our topic, I wanted to just mention The Sinking City. Oh yeah, Wait, what's going on with that? I don't think I'm going to continue this game, Mike. <laughs> I don't look forward to going back to it. I don't know what it is. I'm just not really having fun with it. The, the just the core gameplay loop is just not not there's not enough there. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I stopped playing Bug Snacks. I, I abandoned that game. I was like, nope, I don't like this. <laughs> I'm not playing seven hours of this game. I'm just like at this point when you're dreading going back to it so much. It's like, you might as well just drop it and move on, because it's preventing me from playing other games I actually want to play, like Mass Effect 3. Please get that done. (laughs) Yeah, so we can finally talk about it with spoilers. And you know, I can actually uh, use this to segue into our topic, which is the dreaded backlog. Every gamer has to deal with this, that seemingly infinite backlog that we all have. (laughs) 
I think most gamers feel this this pressure of like you know that that backlog that's just waiting for us. However many games you have on it, Mike, how many games are on your backlog? Let me get my list. For PS3, I have twenty games. I got to get to. For my original Xbox, three games. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't have an original Xbox. I mean, for the original Xbox games I have on my Series X, three. For Xbox 360 games, 11. Xbox One, 26. PS4 slash PS5, 18. And the Nintendo Switch, I have one game. And I'll mention that one game. It's Super Mario Sunshine. I beat it back in the day, but I want to play it again. So a lot of games. Yeah, that's that's a lot. <laughs> so on my Xbox One S, I have 17 games in my backlog. Between my PlayStation 4 and 5, I have 13. Now, these are not counting all the hundreds of games in our libraries. These are just like, this is what I like to call the immediate backlog, which is kind of a joke because it's <laughs> not really immediate because it takes us forever to get to some of these games. But the point is, is these are games that we definitely intend to play someday. And a lot of them are already downloaded on our systems. Now, yeah, I wanted to talk a little bit about like the pressures of trying to balance like new games coming out with games that have been sitting on our backlogs. So like, how do you choose like which games you're going to play next? And what, how do you choose what platforms you play them on? Say if it's like a third party that's on multiple platforms. Well, if it's a brand new game, that's heavy story related. And I'm worried about spoilers. I tend to play those immediately like right away. Like if I'm in the middle of another game, I will, I will stop it to play like, the last of us part two for instance like everything just stopped when that game came up like i gotta play this right now get it done especially when all of those spoilers were going around for the game now if i don't have a new game to play and i'm looking at my backlog i it just depends on what kind of a mood i'm in that day if I'm in the mood to just play something like short, then, you know, then I'll grab a little quick game, indie game, usually something like Dead Cells. You know, that's a good example. Now, you were saying, like, how do I decide which platform I play the game on? If I have access to a game that's on my Xbox Series X and PS5, what I usually do is look at the trophies slash achievements. If it's a game I'm not going to platinum, I'd rather play it on Xbox and get the gamer score because I don't feel the same need to get all of the achievements because getting a thousand gamer score is not as satisfying as getting a platinum. It's just not. There's something about that platinum trophy when it pops. Yeah, no, Mike, I am pretty much exactly the same. Like, so what I'll do is usually the big AAA games, there's like so many each year that I'll definitely know that I'm getting and I want to play immediately. Sometimes, like with The Last of Us Part Two, it is for, you know, I don't want to be spoiled. It's for that reason. And, but most of the time, it's just that I'm, I'm hyped, you know, I'm excited to play the, the biggest, newest thing, you know. And, but it's kind of funny because there's been times where I'll get the newest game and I'm just like, I don't feel compelled to play it right away. Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Or like, I think the first Horizon <laughs> was like that too. It's, you know, you know, I'm looking forward to these games. Or was it Horizon? Maybe not, because I think we played it simultaneously with each other, but you beat it, like, fucking super quick. I oh, took me... yeah, I beat that game in, like, five days. I was just powering through it. 
I think I beat it like a few days after you and you know, we we talked heavily about it. But as far as my backlog, it's also similar where it, I just go based on my mood, really. Like, yeah. what do I feel like playing? I'll, I'll take a look at my backlog and I'll see, huh, do I feel like a shooter? Do I feel like survival horror? Or do I feel like a small little puzzle game or indie game or something like that? Um, a lot of times it also depends on how much time commitment I want to spend. You know, say I'm not in the mood for right. like a huge open world game that's like 30 hours. Maybe I just want like a little three hour indie game or something like that. And and like I was saying with the AAA games, sometimes I'll get them. And I think that I hold off for a few weeks almost because I want to keep up that anticipation. Like it's like when you finally get something you've been wanting for so long and then you're just like, oh, I, I, I don't want to play it because then that means it's gone. So I like hold off. Cyberpunk was going to be like that uh, until all the issues <laughs> arose and I decided, well, shit, I'm just not going to play this at all right now. And I'm just going to wait until the PS5 proper enhancement comes out. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm not playing the PS4 version. That's just not happening. <laughs> but but it really it really does wear on you when your your backlog just keeps piling up and you're like, you become overwhelmed. And you know what makes it worse, Jacques? What? Sales. Oh, God, yeah. When the platforms have these 80% off sales, you're just like, oh, no, <laughs> my backlog's going to grow more now. Yeah, I know, because there's like, <laughs> you just have that game that's been on there for months just staring at you, like judging you while you're buying this other game for like $5. You're like, I know, I know, I said I would get to you, but I, I can't pass up this deal. I mean, can you blame yeah, me? Yeah, I just bought some Splinter Cell games today, too. I mean, I added more of them to my Xbox library. I'm just like, ugh. Which, by the way, I am going to go through the entire Splinter Cell series from the beginning because Ubisoft isn't giving us a sequel. So I was like, you know what? I haven't played these games in over 10 years. Let's do it. I, I can't wait to see, like, hear your thoughts about your replay and see if how some of those still hold up or not. Yeah, first game's almost 20 years old, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, and like I said, you bought me uh, Splinter Cell Double, or no, not, uh, Chaos Theory, which is widely considered the best one. Um, I think I'm going to wait until I get a Series X to play that so I get all the enhancements. But yeah, pretty much the whole Splinter Cell series was like on sale for each game was around like five bucks on the, the Ubisoft sale, which do you know when that ends? I think it ends in two weeks. So it should still be active when you hear this. Yeah. So yeah, I, I've never played a Splinter Cell game, so I look forward to playing that. But but see, the temptation was there to buy the entire series because they were only like five bucks and like... Shock, don't do it. I have like an angel and a devil sitting on my shoulder. I'm like, dude, you your backlog is big enough, okay? You don't need more. You might not even like Chaos Theory, okay? And then what happens? You've got all these games that you don't want to play. And that's happened before. <laughs> I've but like the oh, Sinking yeah. City. Yeah. I bought that on sale for fifteen bucks. I'm not gonna play it anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, there's just games that, you know, sometimes you take a plunge and a leap of faith and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. But they, they know they, they've got you with these sales because they know people love to stockpile games. That's addicting. I, I, I love seeing my library just grow. For sure. <laughs> oh, here's another seven games. Oh, this week here's another five. Oh my God, I have 300 games on Xbox now. Holy shit. It's so funny, Mike, because you are a collector of action figures, you know, neck figures, McFarlane, things like that. I am not really a physical collector of things. I, I'm just kind of... Um, 
a guy who just likes things simple. I don't like a lot of clutter. I don't like that shit on my mind. So I, I don't collect. Now, I used to collect wrestling figures heavily. I had this whole collection until part of it got stolen, but that's a story for another time. But I, I kind of look at like this. This is my collection, my my digital yeah, it collection. It really is like it's this the same principle. Speaking of sales, but you know what else makes this worse? This backlog problem. Uh, we've been talking about it, and that's Xbox Game Pass. <laughs> this this just makes the backlog infinitely worse. It, now it's a good problem to have. It's the best problem probably, but it definitely makes it a lot worse. Don't forget about backwards compatibility. Bringing back all the 360 games you, you you bought back in the day, but you didn't play, but you still have interest in it. They're there. They're sitting there looking at you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And now I, I don't remember, but do you have more games on your backlog on your Xbox? Yes. Well, I want to say this. Me and my friend Jason, we actually share accounts. We, we do the whole share. Um, What do they call it? Game share thing, which is a, a known thing. It's you're allowed to do it it's not you're not abusing anything they allow you to have a a family member or a friend sync up your you know accounts and you can share each other's libraries it helps cut down costs too you don't have to spend full price on a game me and him kind of go half on games a lot of the time uh but yeah our combined libraries it's around 380 xbox games now i doubt you're gonna have interest in all of those games no, 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 no. There's some Final Fantasy games on there. I'm not playing those. Except for the one we have to play soon-ish. Maybe later this year. That thing we talked about in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's. I was just thinking, Mike, just, just remember back to when we were kids going to video stores. Mm-hmm. We would shit if you told us that we would just have access to basically our own video store library just at will. Hundreds of games, two hundred games here, one fifty here. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy, it, and it's that's why it's it's overwhelming because it's just like, you know, what do you choose? How do you even choose? And I could see how new gamers coming in would be even more overwhelmed. They they just we actually you know follow these games, so we kind of have an idea of what we like. And but new gamers coming in, they're just like, fuck, I don't know. <laughs> do they still have Mario games? I don't. That's all I remember. <laughs> Because I, you know, um, my friend Susan, who is, I mean, she's not a new gamer. She did play like the old SNES systems and stuff like that, but she is a lapsed gamer, I will say. And she has come back with the PS4 within the last couple years and she got really addicted to Dead by Daylight. I was playing that with her for a while, but it's funny now because she's, she's new again, but now she's even complaining about the backlog and it's like even new gamers, it's because games just build up so quick, man. There's so many new games coming out. You'll have 50 games before you know it. Oh, easy. Yeah. With PlayStation Plus games. Yeah. And all that. PlayStation yeah. Plus, I guess games with gold, even though it kind of sucks now. <laughs> they had the better month, though, this month. They they won. They did. Boss Planet did. 3, Darksiders 3, what, what, I forget the other two, but PlayStation got... A shitty tennis game that has like a 50 on Metacritic. One of the Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare games. I forget the name of it. What was the third game? Hunter's Arena. Yeah, it was like some Battle Royale melee bullshit. I I didn't really... It didn't interest me. 90% of the time, PlayStation wins with, with when it comes to the free games every month. Once in a blue moon, Xbox gets a good one in there. 
Yeah, and it, it, that doesn't really bother me because, like, I think they're trying to push people into Game Pass, but that's not a bad thing because, honestly, like, unless you just play, like, those few games a year, like COD or Madden or whatever, you should have Xbox, at least the base Xbox Game Pass. You don't have to have Ultimate, but it, it's just, it's too good of a deal not to pass up. And If you don't play games online at all, ever, not even Halo, Call of Duty, and you're just strictly single-player only... You really don't need Xbox Live Gold, so you won't need Ultimate. You could just get regular Game Pass, and then you're good to go. Save a little money. And it's only nine ninety nine a month for the base Game Pass. But if you spend five bucks more, you can get EA Access and Xbox Live Gold. And the Gold does come with those free games every month, so maybe it is worth the extra five bucks. And if you're a new subscriber, you can sign up for three months for only a dollar Phil Spencer, where's our check? <laughs> Give us that sponsorship check. Come on. We, we promote this on like every episode. Has there been an episode where we didn't talk about Game Pass? Uh, probably, but it's like rare. It seems like it always, we mentioned it somehow. But I, I don't want to turn this into an Xbox Game Pass topic. No, uh, no, no. Let's not go down that path. No. Let's, uh, let's get back to our backlog topic. Um, so this is kind of like related to, I'm curious, um, how do you choose whether you want to buy something day one or wait for a sale? Well, if it's a Sony exclusive or something I've been waiting for for a long ass time, that's a day one purchase. Like the Dead Space remake, day one, Horizon Forbidden West, day one. Uh, well, all the Xbox exclusives are on Game Pass, so I don't even have to worry about that. If you have a Game Pass, you're good. Now, if it's something like a... NHL is a good example. We buy the NHL games every year, but we never pay full price. At least I haven't in a long time because the NHL games seem to go on sale like a month later. And most of the time it's like half off when that happens. Like if you wait a month with the NHL games, you'll save 30 bucks. So there's games like that here and there. I don't buy day one because it's just not worth the money. And now if if you have, I hate to go back to Xbox Game Pass, but if you have Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, EA Play is included, and they all the sports games usually show up on there. They're like six to eight months after, I think. If you can wait that long, then yeah, that, that would be the better uh, route to take. I know for me, I am similar where, like I said, I have the, the big games of the year that I will get day one. Usually it's like Sony exclusives, because I still think... Pound for pound, like, they make the best quality games. It's worth that premium price. So I, $70, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'll pay $80 for The Last of Us Part Two. I don't care, I'll pay 100 or whatever. Okay, let's not go that crazy. I'm just going to say it right now. When Part 3 comes out and Sony says, you know what, we have to make this game 90 bucks, and here's why, I'd be like, that's fine. I would too, honestly, for a select few games like God of War Horizon. Yeah, I would, but let's not give them ideas, Mike. Because they'll get away with it. Fucking Sony of today, they 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 will do that. But um, if you remember back on the N sixty four, like some of those games did cost like eighty ninety bucks. And that's a shit ton of money for nineteen ninety six. That's a shit ton of money to drop on a game. Yeah, so people complaining about that seventy bucks, man. It's not that crazy given inflation. So, and I also like I'll buy. It's not always big AAA games because if there's a developer that I really, really love and I want to support day one, like Remedy, I, I buy like all their games day one. I'm buying the Alan Wake remaster whenever that comes out, like day one. I won't even game share it with with Jason. I'm gonna tell Jason we're both buying separate copies of this. We're, we're giving Remedy the money. I want Alan Wake too. Let's give them all the money they need. 
Well, with the Xbox, you can gift games. So you can just gift him the game on the Series X, which you can't do on PlayStation yet. They really need to add that, um, which that would just add more to the backlog. Because, like, oh, my God, me and Mike would just be gifting games. The moment they add that and I see the Order 1886 on sale, guess what's going to happen, John? Oh, my God, you're going to buy me the Order 1886? Yeah, I will. I will buy that if they add a gift option on PlayStation. That is the only way I will play it, Mike, because as we know, it's a running joke now. It's on principle. I will not, even if that game is on sale for like five bucks, I will not buy it because there's no excuse why that has not been a PS Plus game by now. I've said my piece. What if it's 99 cents and you have like a dollar 20 in your wallet? Come on. At that point, you're not paying for it because you just forgot you had 120 in the PSN wallet. I won't do it, Mike. I'll buy, like, My Name is Mayo instead. Oh, you're crazy. No, but, like, so... <laughs> so, like, how do you decide? Do you, uh, are you like that, too, with certain developers? Like, you'll support them day one, no matter what? Oh, of course. Naughty Dog, day one. Yeah, for sure. Remini, mostly day one. If it's Alan Wake related. Yeah, I mean, there's other examples, but you get the point. There's so many ways to just build up the backlog. It's so easy to just, for it to get out of control. It, you know, it honestly is, like you were saying, it's it's an addiction. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like a dangerous one. It can be dangerous if you uh, spend everything in your bank account. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, you really got to be careful, especially those who have kids who game on your console. And uh, you might not want to give them access to your credit card. <laughs> you might put some uh, locks and uh, child gates on that. What's this $2,000 bill from Fortnite? <laughs> <laughs> that shit happens, and that's scary. That would f- make me go nuts. I would take the system and destroy it and be like, you're never playing this again. <laughs> that was an actual issue. I think there was a story about that. Like, I well, there's how many much... issues like that on mobile games. Like, There's there's kids that spent nine, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on games, and the publishers won't refund them the money. Now, Mike, did you see um, that Ariana Grande thing on Fortnite? No. Okay, so I don't play Fortnite, and it's not my type of game, but I will say I love what Epic is doing, because I think they do so many cool live events where they're really pushing the medium forward and doing things nobody else is doing, and I think that um, Rockstar is going to copy that with GTA 6. I think they're probably going to try to do these big events, um, but yeah, this, so this Ariana Grande thing, like I suggest you watching a video, it's crazy. It was like a gigantic... Ariana Grande, like, I I swear, I, I can't even explain it. They were just going through, like, fucking space. They broke through the barrier. They were, like, floating outside of the fucking earth. They were, like, going up all these, this, like, uh, MC Escher-type stairs as she's walking up. You can follow her, and it's, like, her music is playing the whole time, and it's, like, a live concert. It's just fucking crazy. Like, I swear to God, these, these developers at Epic, it, it must be required that they drop some acid while they develop. Because some of the shit they do, I'm just like, wow, this is wild. <laughs> so, man, I wish I liked Fortnite, but I, I don't. But yeah, I just want to get There's so many things kudos. about Fortnite I really like, but I just don't like the gameplay. I just don't like the feeling of the controls and how your character moves around, the shooting mechanics, all of that. And it's just a damn shame because they do a lot of cool shit in there with the events and everything. Didn't they reveal the, one of the Star Wars trailers on Fortnite? Was it the... Uh, the Rise of Skywalker or something? It might have been Rise of Skywalker. I know they've done other... Yeah, I think J.J. Abrams like showed off something. Um, Wasn't it something with the Emperor? I think that's what it was. Maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. 
I feel like Fortnite was probably like our Halo 3 back in the day. Like, we're too old now to really... I mean, I'm sure some people our age dig it, and if you do, that's totally fine. But I'm just saying, I can get how, like, to a certain audience, certain of a certain age, like, that would be the game. It's free. And when you're a 9-year-old kid or a 12-year-old kid and you don't have a lot of money... Yeah, I mean, if I was in that situation right now, you know, if I was, you know, 12 and I only had like two games and Fortnite was one of the free games I could get. Yeah, I'd be playing the shit out of that. Makes sense. No, I, I totally understand it. Like, I get why it's popular. I, I wonder, and I was just thinking about live service games like this, and since it seems like they're just going to keep becoming more prevalent, I wonder if that cuts into people's backlogs because they're spending more time on these live service games on like one does. game. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a problem for us because we don't typically dig those games, but I'm just curious, like, how much backlogs are going to pile up even more. You know, back in the day when you and me were playing in, like, league matches and shit, we played the same games a lot. Call of Duty, Left 4 Dead, and... Halo 3, yeah. And every once in a blue moon, we would play, like, a single-player game or something else, but for the most part, we were just stuck on those games. We were so focused on the teams and all that. Our backlogs just exploded yeah you are totally right i i wonder if it's an age thing too because i think as you mature your gaming tastes naturally change and you kind of open yourself up to more genres and yeah so yeah i think that's that's a good point um anything else you wanted to say about backlogs yeah there's one more thing you know i was looking through my ps4 and ps5 backlog and for the most part i've been doing a pretty good job with it like i've cleaned out a lot of games now, the Xbox, that's a whole other thing. There's a shit ton. You know, I got, like, the Evil Within 2, you know, Dishonored 2, the Dishonored expansion. And just before I said I'm going to go through the entire Splinter Cell series again, and I'm going to do it on the Xbox. So it's just a lot of work. <laughs> I laugh when people say, oh, there's nothing to play. That's bullshit. There's always something to play. Everybody has their backlogs. And... You know what? If the gaming industry said, you know what, we can't make any more games right now for I don't know what the reason would be. Let's say we go two, three years with no new games. We would be fine. I'll do you one better, Mike. I think they could not make another new game for the rest of my life. Now, I wouldn't want that to happen, but I'm just saying I think that I'd be fine. I would have enough to play for the rest of my life as it stands right now. And that means you could purchase any old game, too. Like, it's not just what you have in your library. Yeah, you can pick up an old console if you want and binge that library. Like, guys, I'm just saying, like, I know I'm always promoting indies and stuff, but, like, and like I said, that's fine if you only play a few games. But if you only play, like, new games and stuff, I I highly suggest, like, branching out and trying, like, some smaller games or just going out of your comfort zone trying different genres. And even just because something is old, there's still so many great games that still hold up. And there's a lot of games that, don't entirely hold up, but they're still fun to play for what they are. There's a lot of hidden gems out there. Like just this year, I played Alice Madness Returns from EA Play, and uh, that's what was that? That game's at least a decade old, and my God, it's it was so fun. I loved it. Yeah, man, just test out some games, guys. Here's some homework for you guys. When you're done with whatever game you're playing right now, if you're playing a, a new single player game or whatever. Go find a really old game that's highly praised and go play it. Something that you would never play because it's too old. Like, go back. Go go in the time machine. Go back to 2003, 4, 5, whatever. 
and play that game. You might hate it, but you might love it. You just don't know. Guys and gals, I want to have equality. Guys and gals and everybody in between. Look, Dead Space, when I originally played that back in the day, I only got through like the few hours of the first game and I did not like it. Now think about that. You know how much I've been fucking talking, going on about Dead Space over these last few episodes. Now it's like one of my favorite games probably of all time. That just shows how your gaming taste can change as you age. So don't, just because you don't like something back in the day doesn't necessarily mean that you won't like something now. Yeah, I'm always willing to give a game a second chance. You know, stuff I played many, many years ago. Because like, like Jacques said, your gaming tastes change. You just don't know if you're going to like it or not. So you just got to take the leap of faith, jump off the tower, land in the haystack, which is ridiculous. Always found that ridiculous in the Assassin's Creed games that you could survive that fall. It's like, there's not that much hay down there, but whatever. They're, they're not made of flesh and bone. They're made of like taffy, I guess. But yeah, you get what I'm saying. Just experiment, guys. Go, go back and play some of these games. I think backlogs are kind of uh, like the myth of Sisyphus, which if you don't know what that is, it's like the, the the Greek myth of the guy Sisyphus who's constantly having to roll the boulder up the hill. Yeah, and there's a novel by Albert Camus, who's like a French uh, philosopher back in the day. I forget. He's probably dead now, but awesome, uh, awesome philosopher. Check out his stuff. Anyway, he wrote the myth of Sisyphus, but yeah, it's, that's what it reminds me of. Just, you're just constantly pushing that boulder up the hill. You're never going to get a break. You're never going to get through your entire backlog. So you're just going to have to accept that you can just try to choose smartly and just do the best you can to get through them. Sometimes you just got to let games go. You You do. Let Viva Pinata go. You're never going to play it. Push it off to the side and move on. Yeah, gotta let some of them go. Um, this is our curse. This is our burden as gamers. This topic has been brought to you by Xbox Game Pass. Have you ever struggled with... No, I'm not going to do an ad, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One of these days we should do a fake ad and just insert it in somewhere into the show. <laughs> like a bullshit ad. It doesn't even have to be a real thing. That That sounds like fun. Sounds like that could possibly be a uh, surprise mechanic, Mike, doesn't it? Segway. Is that what it is? Yeah, kinda. I know it's a terrible segue. Are you kidding me? I was just making a joke. I didn't. No, I'm. I'm just kidding. That's not actually. No, that's not. The oh, surprise okay. Mechanic. I was gonna say like that's weird. <laughs> but what a coincidence. So yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and do my surprise mechanic first. Uh, just a little change of pace. So Mike, uh, guess what movie I watched last night? Sonic the Hedgehog. No, I did not watch Sonic the Hedgehog. I might watch it someday. I don't know. But I did watch Alien 4K UHD, which I think I said I was going to watch that last episode, and I didn't intend on watching it this quick, but I was like, you know what? I just, I feel like watching a movie, so I was scrolling through Amazon. I was like, you know what? I feel like watching Alien in 4K. So yeah, I popped it on. Um, It's been a long ass time since I've seen it. I don't even know how long. But, um, yeah, man, this movie is just fucking good. It's so crazy that 40-plus years later, it still holds up. Like, that is insane. I can't even believe this movie is that old. It really does hold up. There's only, like, two scenes in the movie where you can clearly see there's a person inside the Xeno suit. 
But other than that, everything about this movie is just superb. Amazing practical effects throughout the entire film. The the good thing is that you don't really see the xenomorph that much. They they really no. really um, use it sparingly, which is perfect. That's the perfect way to do like uh, creature features and survival horror. Yeah, back in 1979, nobody knew what that thing looked like because the posters just showed an egg, and most of the movie you don't see the creature. You're like, what the? And when you finally see it, you're like, oh shit. And we're 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 used to how the Xenos look now because there's been a right. billion Aliens movies. But back then, dude, I can't imagine seeing that in theaters. That that design looks wild. Like H.R. Geiger or Geiger, however you say his name. Like the, the designs of the ship. Like the, some of my favorite shots are just when they're just the camera's just panning the empty halls of the Nostromo. Just mm-hmm. nobody's in them. Just panning and in 4K. Oh my god, it looks beautiful. And and a lot of times I, you know, I talk about my attention issues. Sometimes I have a hard time watching, sitting through movies and stuff. Dude, I didn't look at my phone not once at this. I was totally engaged the whole time. So it's cool too, because at, at the beginning, you know, we don't know Ripley yet. This is not the Ripley that we know yet. So she just seems like she's part of the rest of the crew. It's not quite clear in the beginning who is like the stars quite yet of the movie. You don't quite peg Ripley yet as the star until about maybe, I would say once, well, spoiler alert for a 40 fucking year old movie. So. If you haven't seen the original Alien movie, shame on you. Sorry, we're spoiling the shit out of it. So after Dallas dies in the vents, I think that when Ripley is then left in charge after that, because Kane and... uh Dallas died. She's the third in command. That's when she really takes hold. That's when she really like becomes the Ripley we know. But before that, what I really like is the push and pull between her and Ash throughout the whole movie. Like from the mm. beginning, you can see it slowly building. Like she's questioning his motive. She knows something is up and he's trying to just kind of like obfuscate things and cover up. And, and then she finally you know, accesses mother and she finds out the real deal that it was always intended for, uh, he had a special mission. Yeah. And they're all expendable. Yeah. The crew's expendable. It was always a mission for them to go find this alien life form. And yeah, and it's just so cool, man. I, I think I will say shout out to the late, great Yafit Kodo. I think that's how you say his name. Parker. Yeah. Great character. Yeah. I just love his, his like charisma, you know, his, he's just so cool. Um, and it's something I was noticing too, like at the end, I guess it never really dawned on me, but you know, the last three survivors are two women and a black guy for 1979. That seems pretty darn progressive. Don't, don't forget about Jonesy. Oh, yeah, Jonesy the cat. I can't forget about So there's four of them. True, true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was thinking like, that's a really progressive of Ridley Scott for 1979. I think it came out. Yeah, 79. That's right. And I also think too, like the Lambert character. I almost want to say they were using her to compare, to put her up against Ripley as like, okay, this is what a woman looks like who's scared and doesn't know what to do and is just panicking, collapsing. I noticed so, that. Yeah, yeah, so that really like highlights the fact that Ripley is a brave character. Like she she like you notice she volunteers to go into the vents immediately before Dallas. And I noticed that Dallas is like he's a pretty incompetent captain or commander or whatever his title is, but he's pretty incompetent. Like, I think part of him, he just is like, I just want to get home. Like, (laughs) he's pretty apathetic and he fucking pays for it. And just that, that whole, like, uh, I guess it'd be like last 10 minutes or so 
where it's like just Ripley. She's the last survivor. The self-destruct is active. Yeah, I love that voice that uh, that's on the ship. <laughs> it's great. And I love how they highlight her bravery again, man, because she goes back for Jonesy. And I never caught this before, but I think the this this goes to show that the Xenos are actually intelligent. They're not stupid. I think it purposely baits her with the cat because it could have ate Jonesy. But what it does is it like scares her off because it's the cat is in the box right by the alien and she can't get to it. So she goes back to the uh, whatever the the pod, the ship, the getaway ship. When she came back, it it was gone. The Xeno was gone because I think he was trying to get her to come back to get the cat so it could go through the vents and get into the ship with her. It's been established that the Xenomorphs are on that high intelligence chart. Like they do make traps and stuff like that. Remember in Aliens, uh, the warriors were knocking out the electricity and the lights. The only thing I thought was kind of like, okay, this doesn't really make sense, is the very end when she discovers the Xeno on the getaway ship with her. And I'm just like, <laughs> why? why is it not attacking her? It's sleeping. Is it? Yeah, it's sleeping. Okay, well they don't. Make they that sleep clear. just like just like humans. I mean, no, even in the aliens uh, movie, when the marines are going down into the nest, they're all sleeping. I just don't understand why it would be sleeping. It just took out a bunch of people, so it's probably tired. I like the setup. I think it's cool because I love that reveal when she's just like on the computer console, and then all of a sudden, like the, the you you don't notice the alien, the head in the background at first, and then its arm like falls out, and you're she's like ah, oh, she gets scared. And then it's, it is really tense, like when she, she sneaks into like that little compartment where the suit is and she quietly gets into the suit. So, so I do love all that. I just, I just wasn't sold on that setup, like to get to that point where, oh, it's sleeping. Like when just a minute ago, it was like killing everybody. And it's like, okay, I mean, unless it, it was smart enough that it was, it knew it needed her to fly out of there and it was using her, I guess. I, I don't know. By the way, that's one of the janky scenes when the xenomorph falls you can clearly see it's like a person in a suit yeah i forget the uh actor's name but he's from i want to say lagos very tall dude yeah i mean he probably wasn't even an act an actor they probably just got him for his physique no he it looks he looks cool but yeah it's definitely you can tell it's a, the human guy in the suit it's, it's not that big of a deal it still looks cool as fuck did you know that the original suit was like a cream white oh was it really yeah, and they changed it because, like, the dome would crack and other things about it would mess up. So they're just like, all right, let's make it out of a different material. Let's, you know what? While we're at it, let's make it all black. Well, black makes more sense because it blends into the darkness. It's a stealth yeah. creature. You can't see it when it's all black. I actually have a NECA figure that has the prototype design. I'll send you a picture of it later. But, yeah, it's, it looks weird. Well, I'm glad they changed it. <laughs> that was the better design choice. But yeah, man, that's pretty much all I have to say. But yeah, I just, I love this movie. I, I recommend if you have not seen it, obviously go watch it. But if you haven't watched it in a while, especially if you haven't watched the 4K version, go on Amazon and fucking watch that shit. There's one more thing I'll mention about the movie. You know, the, the famous chestburster scene? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know that most of the actors in that scene were not aware of what was going to happen? Are you shitting me? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not shitting you. They were just told on the script that the alien emerges. That's all it said. Oh. Now the camera crew and everything had like bags and stuff on. Now the only actors that knew what was going to happen was Sigourney Weaver and um, who plays Kane? Uh, what's his name? Oh, John Hurt, obviously, because John Hurt out of him. So the other actors in the scene had no clue what was happening. So when they when they go back and they freak out, 
that's genuine. That's a genuine reaction. That was real. Like they, they did not know that was going to happen. That is awesome. That's such a great scene too. I'm glad you mentioned that because I did want to talk about that because, oh man, it's, I love the pacing of this movie because it, just before that scene, it's like, you know, they come back to the ship with the face hugger on Kane and they're, they're spending all this time conversing, you know, they try to cut it off and it's like the acid blood burns a hole through like two levels of the ship, which is crazy. And they're just like, how do we get this thing off? And then, you know, finally the ash is just like, Hey, everybody join me in here. And it's just Kane's okay. Like the face hugger fell off and it's like, Hey, yeah, everything's good. And Dallas is like, yeah, yeah, the hell with quarantine. I, well, they're all kind of part of it now, you know, cause he's, they were in the rooms with him and shit. Well, they already broke quarantine when they let him on the ship. Yeah, so, like, everything's cool. Like, Dallas is like, yeah, it's, well, I'll buy everybody dinner. They're joking. They're all eating at the, you know, dinner, the mess hall, whatever. And all of a sudden, like, yeah, Kane's, like, starts coughing, like, choking. You're like, what's going on? And then it gets real tense. And then you see, like, the the squib, like, the blood squib, like, after he falls back on the table, just, like, blows out of him. And you see, like, the, the, the blood. And you're like, holy shit, shit just got real. And then you hear the, what's cool, too, is the, the chest burster finally breaks out. And it kind of looks around, so cool looking. And if you notice, like, Kane's, like, hands and arms are still twitching. I will say, though, I laughed, because when that chest burster came out, I immediately thought of Spaceballs in the diner scene. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Yeah, I love that scene. John Hurt's in that scene, too, in the Spaceballs. He's like, oh, not again. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, man, this this movie's great. And you know what, Mike? Uh, also, they just put on Amazon is the Aliens Special Edition. Is that the director's cut? I don't know. It just says Special Edition. I've never seen that. It's like, it's longer. I don't know. It's probably... Yeah, I think that's the director's cut. That's the better one. After I saw the director's cut, I'm like, I can't go back to the original. Oh, really? Now, there's a few scenes in the director's cut where it's like, eh, these aren't necessary. But the other scenes are like why did they take it out of the movie like there's some really cool scenes with um you know the 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 sentry scene you've probably seen that somewhere with the sentries outside the door yeah there's a whole scene where the aliens actually attack them uh and then the sentries are just like mowing them down they took that out of the movie i i can't wait to get to that i'll probably watch that pretty soon maybe maybe i'll give a review next week i don't know but uh anyway um let's move on to your surprise mechanic mike what is it so, Jacques, do you remember that episode we had to can because my microphone wasn't connected properly, my laptop was recording my voice, and it sounded terrible? Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Now, in that surprise mechanic, we were doing some voice impressions. Well, you were doing voice impressions. I was giving you, like, a bunch of video game characters, and you had to do the voices, and it's a damn shame we had to get rid of that. Yeah, there was some funny stuff in there. So, I decided... To bring that back. But it's a little bit different this time because you're not going to be the only one doing voices. Oh. I'm also going to be doing some voices. Oh, really? And I have a couple scenes here where we're going to go back and forth. And basically, we're just going to recreate the scene. We're going to do the scene for you. Now, I do have some single ones here, too, just for you and me. So it's a nice variety. So, uh, yeah, you ready for some voice impressions, Jack? <laughs> I am. I'll just say to him, like, as you know, I, I have some acting experience that's I uh, right, I did do. some stage yeah. plays, so you know I I don't want to make you look foolish here with my my acting prowess, but uh, let's give it a shot here. All right, all right. Let Let's see what you got. All right, here's the first one. It's just you, Jacques. It's Alan Wake. Now, 
I have quotes here. I'm going to send them to you on Messenger. So just give me a second. Oh, this is the opening. I recognize this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, do that with Alan Wake's voice. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Stephen King once wrote that nightmares exist outside of logic and there's little fun to be had in explanations. They're antithetical to the poetry of fear. In a horror story, the victim keeps asking, why? But there can be no explanation, and there shouldn't be one. The unanswered mystery is what stays with us the longest, and it's what we will remember in the end. My name is Alan Wake. I'm a writer. And scene. Not bad. <laughs> Not bad. Not bad. Thank you, thank you. Not bad. Now, it's probably going to sound terrible when I go and edit this, but, you know, on the PlayStation uh, headphones, not too bad. <laughs> Very cool, cool, cool. So what else do you got? All right, the next one is going to be me. It's Andrew Ryan from Bioshock. I am Andrew Ryan. I'm here to ask you a question. Is a man not entitled to the sweat of his brow? No, says the man in Washington. It belongs to the poor. No, says the man in the Vatican. It belongs to God. No, says the man in Moscow. It belongs to everyone. I rejected those answers. Instead... I chose something different. I chose the impossible. I chose rapture. There you go. How about that? that? Is that fine? No, that was good. I like that. I, I could totally picture like the opening of Bioshock where you're in that submersible, submersible, and you, 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 yeah, it unveils rapture finally when he says rapture. It's, yeah. I'm available, 2K, you know, if you need a voice. Just, <laughs> you're going to bring back Andrew Ryan. I can do it. No. Yeah, we're, <laughs> no. we're, uh, we're saving this part for our uh, acting demo reels. So maybe we'll be in a game that's on Game Pass one day. I don't know. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. If we ever get in a game, it's probably going to be like Lego Marvel or something. And we're going to do some generic voice in the background. Dude, I'll take it. I'll take it just so I can say I was in a video game. Yeah, I'll do anything. I don't give a shit what it is. All right, here's the next one. Jacques, I'm sending it to you right now. I'll let you tell the listeners who it is. So is this just me? Yeah, just you. My name is Jacques, and I'm going to be playing the part of Master Chief. Thought I'd try shooting my way out. Mix things up a little. Sir, finishing this fight. I thought we had a truce with the Covenant. She said that to me once, about being a machine. Eh, not too bad. Not too bad. I, see, the problem is I just don't have a deep voice like Steve Downs, so it just doesn't work. Like, you probably do a better job. Here, you read, like, a line or two. Oh, I, I've never... I, wow, I've never tried Master Chief before. Ugh. Okay, well, try it now. I thought we had a truce with the Covenant. That sound like him? Eh, I mean, it's better than me. All right, the next one's for me. It's Darth Malak. I don't know how I'm going to do this voice because... Malik has a voice changer. The bottom of his jaw is completely cut off. It's too bad you don't have a voice changer, although I feel like that would be cheating. Well, I am the editor. I could modify the voice, but I'm not going to do that. Yeah, but you probably won't. <laughs> let's be honest. Okay. Yeah, that's too much work. <laughs> okay, go ahead. All right, Malik. Let's see. Wipe this pathetic planet from the face of the galaxy. I don't know what Malik sounds like, so I can't tell you if it was good or not. One of my favorite scenes with Malik. All right, Mike, Ooh, you got another one? Yeah, I got another one for you. Now, I'm saving the uh, 
the scenes where you and me are going to be doing voices for last. Because those are going to be the best ones. Here's the next one. I'm sending it now. That's Cortana. Oh, okay. From Halo 3. All right, let me let me think how Cortana sounds for a sec. <laughs> that this is going to be atrocious, guys and gals. Just bear with me. You have no idea that how this ring works, do you? Why the Forerunners built it? Halo doesn't kill Flood. It kills their food. Humans, Covenant, whatever. We are all equally edible. The only way to stop the Flood is to starve them to death. That didn't sound good, Jacques. I, I but told it is you. a female character's voice, so I mean, there's only so much you can do there. <laughs> I'm kind of screwed because I don't have a super deep voice, so I can't do the really deep voices. But I also can't get it high enough to do the female voices, so I'm kind of just in the middle doing like generic ass voices. This is why I'm not a voice actor. All right, the next one is from Ratchet and Clank. I'm not sure which Ratchet and Clank game this is from, but Jacques, you're going to be Ratchet, and I'm going to be Clank. Oh, this is going to be fun. Um. Honestly, I'm trying to remember how Ratchet sounded since I had my podcast on. He kind of sounds playing. like this. He has like a higher pitched voice a little bit. I don't know. That's that's how I would do Ratchet's voice. I don't know. That's the closest I can think of. I'll do an approximation. Here we go. We're beginning the scene. The curtain has opened. The lights are up. Time for a train wreck. The people on those planets are hosed. Well, good luck getting Captain Quark to help you. Actually, you could help me. If you could use your ship to take me to the coordinates contained in the infobot, I might be able to gather further information there. Even if I wanted to, I can't. I'm missing a crucial component of the ship. The robotic ignition system? How did you know that? I, sir, happen to be equipped with the latest in robotic ignition systems. My programming allows me to sh- start any ship I choose to, like, butchering this so bad. <laughs> You broke character, Mike. Don't do it. Okay, so continue the last line. My programming allows me to start any ship I choose. So I agree to take you to this wherever it is, and you get my ship started for me? That is what I'm proposing. Deal. God, that's probably terrible. Holy (laughs) shit. I thought it was fun. I have one more. I have one more, but I think I saved the best for last. Hey, let me guess. It's it's Last of Us related, isn't it? Yeah, it's Last of Us. Do you know what scene it is, Shock? Oh no! Don't don't. You're not going to end the fucking podcast with the most like heartbreaking, heartfelt scene, are you? Which one? It's either going to be the scene in the cabin when Ellie Ellie runs away and Joel catches up to her finally. Correct. That's it. Okay. My other guess was going to be the one uh, the one that made you cry in the the winter in the diner yeah there's not a whole lot of dialogue in that scene all right so jacques gonna be ellie i'm gonna be joel cabin scene take one action is this really all they had to worry about boys movies deciding which shirt goes with which skirt it's bizarre get up we're leaving come on and if i say no do you even realize what your life means huh Run off like that? Putting yourself at risk? It was pretty goddamn stupid. Well, I guess we're both disappointed with each other, then. What do you want from me? Admit that you wanted to get rid of me the whole time. Tommy knows this area better than... Oh, fuck that! Well, I'm sorry. I trust him better than I trust myself. Stop with the bullshit. What are you so afraid of? That I'm gonna end up like Sam? 
I can't get infected. I can take care of myself. How many close calls have we had? Well, we seem to be doing all right so far. And now you'll be doing even better with Tommy. I'm not her, you know. What? Maria told me about Sarah, and I... Ellie, you are treading on some mighty thin ice here. I'm sorry about your daughter, Joel, but I have lost people too. You have no idea what loss is. Everyone I have ever cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except you. So don't tell me that I would be safer with someone else, because the truth is, I'd just be more scared. You're right. You're not my daughter. And I sure as hell ain't your dad. We are going our separate ways. And scene. Cut. Cut. All right, that's good. All right, I'll we'll do the next scene now. <laughs> not bad for a first take. How was that Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker? Oh, God, no. I hope they never hear that. Ever. Ever. We're coming for your jobs. Nobody send that to them. <laughs> Please. I'm actually trying to get them to send that. Send it. Send it. Yeah, that that was fun. I actually, that might have been my favorite surprise mechanic of yours. How was my Joel? It was not bad. Yeah, you had that gruff, like, southern accent. Yeah. And it sucked. I was trying to be quiet at the same time, because I don't want to wake everybody up in the house. I wasn't going to, like, scream Tommy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I would yell, yelly. <laughs> I was... Yelly? Yelly is yelling. Yeah, Ellie yells. I don't want to yell too loud for this. I don't want to blow out the mic. Yeah, man. Okay, that was fun. Uh, but we're going to end it now. We're going to try to close out this podcast. So... Yeah, uh, as I've said at the top, you can visit us on social media, at Boundless Gamers, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And we'd appreciate it if you would follow us on your favorite podcast platform. And uh, that's that's all we got. So, Mike, is there any last thing you wanted to add? Wish me luck with the fillings. I don't know. I have nothing else to say. <laughs> nah, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. If something goes wrong and I can't do the podcast for some reason, Jack, you just have to do it solo or... Tag an indie. That's <laughs> yeah. I'll tag an indie or Ashley or Sean or somebody. There you go. There you go. See, we we got backups. We're good. We're good. Oh, you know what I will do, Mike? I think I will just make the whole episode one long like monologue. Like I'll just do different monologues from different video game characters. Yeah. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, until then, uh, you know, go download Hades on Xbox Game Pass for no extra cost. It's out now. Or you can pay money on PS4 and PS5, but probably don't do that. Oh, wait, I got one more thing to say. Oh, you do? I pre-ordered Aliens Fireteam. And no, I'm not calling it Elite. Sorry. Not not saying Elite. Aliens Fireteam. Yep, pre-ordered it. Ready to go. Two more weeks. Let's go. I want to shoot some aliens. I, I don't think Cold Iron Studios will ever get back to us about the name change, but... People spam them, please. I want to know. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Like, the the, the two people who actually, like, comment on our stuff... Yeah, go tweet at them, please. <laughs> I'm sure they still will not get back to us. But anyway, that's all we got. I am Jacques. I'm Mike. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>